Greetings from Longtime No See the Podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on. A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my god, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org, from Louisville Public Media. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with... The interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org, Consequence of Sound, and the Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, if you're uh, if you're checking us out for the first time, or maybe you've checked us out before, but uh, but you're not already a subscriber, uh, now's a good time to do that because we we put out new interviews every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So if this is your type of thing, you like hearing about how the artist makes their arts, hit that subscribe button. Uh, we'll bring brand new interviews to you. Like I said, three times a week: Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. It's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover new ones and know what's happening in the music world. And of course, you can find us at all the major podcast hotspots like iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, anywhere you like to get your podcast from. Hit that subscribe button. I'm Kyle Meredith, and today I'm going to be talking with Alec Benjamin. Now, he's got a brand new record called These Two Windows that we're going to get into. Uh, hearing about ties to his Leonard Cohen fandom, uh, much like myself, he is a, a fan of Leonard Cohen's uh, poetry and music, so I want to hear where that came from and what that means to the art that he's making right now, as well as some stuff a little bit outside of this record. In fact, he put out this one-off single called Six Feet Apart. Yes, it is written about the pandemic, but it, it's it's got some interesting lyrical twists in there, so it's not lyrically specifically about the pandemic, or, or at least it's not how I hear it anyway. So I want to hear about learning how to write topically, if that's something he enjoyed or not, uh, as well as being bilingual. You know, someone who does speak a couple languages, what's the possibility of writing in different languages sometime in the future? We'll also get an update about what he's been up to during the quarantine. That includes co-writing and collaborations. And he says he's got a lot of songs left over, uh, enough songs to make a part two to these two windows, which is something he wants to do uh, a lot sooner than later. So time Time to get into it, talking about the record These Two Windows. It's Kyle Meredith with Alec Benjamin. 
Hey Kyle. Uh, man, I, I've enjoyed listening to the new records so much uh, with these two windows, and even the uh, you know the, the new song that's been out there with Six Feet Apart. I, I love what you're doing out there. Uh, I know the songs have got a lot going on, but maybe I thought you know what a lot of your audience is going to want to know that you mentioned on Corden the other day is is you have a new dog. Well, to be honest, it's not it's my it's my parents' dog, so technically I'm just like a an uncle, I suppose. <laughs> I don't know if that really makes sense, but. Um, it's been nice. It's been nice to have a dog um, to sort of like you know, give me something else to focus on while I've been stuck in my house. But I'm kind of just like I'm getting uh, I'm getting a little restless to be honest. I'm I'm like pretty pretty ready for this whole thing to be over. I know it's not really my choice, but I think uh, I don't I don't think you're alone in that sentiment right there. And I know that's especially got to ring true when you do have a new record. I mean, this is something that you know is to be celebrated. The music of these two windows and in what you would normally be doing, what every artist would normally be doing with promoting the record right now and and i want to hear about this album too because there's a lot happening there's a lot of stories going on in in this and and what it sounds like to me is you know these are your stories of the world swirling around you i don't know if that's uh if that's accurate but was there a message that you wanted to convey on this album so there wasn't necessarily like one unified message but i suppose like what i really wanted to convey was just sort of my perspective on things that are happening uh in the world around me and uh, i don't think that there's one like one specific thing that i wanted to say i just sort of wanted to share like um the world through my lens when it was storytelling especially in your way you know in, in current pop music that's not something that we always hear and and you do have a really poetic way of doing it do you have to approach your songwriting with any sort of intentional balance when you're trying to tell a full story like you do it depends on like what the objective is, I suppose. But you know, um, when I make music that is for people other than myself, the balance is sort of making sure that there's the melody is right and the music is good, so that like it's not just totally like a self-serving kind of thing. It's like it also has to be like commercially viable. I think that's like the sort of the hardest um, line to 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 walk because I don't know. Sometimes a song may be like catchy or something, but if it's not you know meaningful enough, then I don't want to. I don't know. I'm 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 not really sure. This whole thing is kind of like I've been stuck in my house for a long time, and I can't really like <laughs> I don't know. I've lost perspective on the whole world, on everything. Really, this whole thing is like definitely. I don't know. I don't think that, uh, I don't know, I don't necessarily think I took into consideration like how much like staying in my house for this long was really going to mess with my head. So excuse me if my answers are, are like kind of disjointed. Um, but yeah, I suppose the balance that I'm trying to walk when I do stuff is just making sure that like it's commercially viable, but also like fulfills and satisfies me like, creatively. And yeah, I guess I'll find out if I have uh, sort of uh, walked that line well enough, you know, <laughs> after the album comes out. I read, and I think this was in your profile, the uh, the press sheet and everything, that you know, you're a Leonard Cohen fan. Uh, I'm a huge Leonard Cohen fan. You know, you were talking about reading his poetry. I can sense that again in, in your lyrics. I don't know if that's specifically where it comes from, but is there a direct line right there? I mean, where does your uh, where does your history and, and you know, fandom for, for Cohen come from? Yeah, I really like him a lot. I think that he's written some of like the best lyrics ever. So I, I, I found him actually at summer camp. Like people, you know, they sing like Hallelujah or whatever mm-hmm. around like the campfire and stuff. And I was like, oh, it's like an amazing song. And um, I think everybody thought that it was by Jeff Buckley, but it, it's not, obviously. And so through that, I, I got into Leonard Cohen and I started like reading his lyrics and stuff. And I think he's probably like my favorite poet. To be honest, Buckley was my entry point into Leonard Cohen too, as it is with a lot of people when they take that. But then you get into that, 
you know, the deeper, I mean, even the, even the singles of that, you know, late career era and everything, the man was putting out masterpieces right up until the end. It was, it was amazing. Yeah, no, he definitely was. I, I loved like his sort of, he wrote like a poetry book, you know, right right before he died. And uh, some of my favorite poems are, are in that book. You can see, too, he was kind of like an angry guy as well. He wrote a lot of stuff about like how he didn't like Kanye West, which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> I forgot about um, that. That's but true. I suppose I yeah, he was like kind of like a mad guy. And I, I kind of understand like, but yeah, I thought, that, I thought that was interesting because, yeah, and, and maybe not a lot of people know that about him, but I think that he was like, I don't know. It's interesting because I'm also a Kanye West fan. So to see like, his grievances with like the way Kanye West is doing stuff and then like I don't know I thought it was really cool he's like a really interesting dude so that's one of the reasons why I like him but I also like Paul Simon and John Mayer and things like that I, I, I listen to a lot of different music and read a lot of different kinds of poetry but those are like my favorite artists I'm not really into like abstract stuff mm-hmm. I don't think it makes any sense I think a lot of times abstract is just sort of like a another word that people use when the art they don't understand it but they're afraid to admit it <laughs> and they also don't like understand like what they're doing. It's sort of just like very platitudinous, so they call it abstract when in reality it doesn't mean anything. There's a lot of that out there. Well, you know, I'll bring that back around to the record because the storytelling. You can tell that it's personal, but it still is a connecting, and I think that's one of the. Uh, you know, one of the routes that most artists hope to go for that you can do something. I mean, even in, even in the latest single, I'll bring that up with, with, Oh my God. I mean, the way I hear about that, I think from what I've read is that sort of comments about, you know, the fame that you've, you have seen uh, off that mixtape, which was immensely successful going into this. It was sort of just like, for me, like the music video ended up looking like that, but it wasn't supposed to be like that. I actually wanted the music video to be different, but then like the director was like, nah, like this is what it should be like. And I was like, oh, it looks like, cause I'm not like famous, you know? But uh, I think like what this song was like meant to outline is just like the pressure that I put on myself after like having had just like, not even just like, like, like other people or whatever. It's just sort of more like, I just got kind of tired of making music because, you know, like I was saying before, when you asked me, is there like a balance of, or is there like some sort of like balance that I have to tread when I'm making music? It's like I feel like that was like the thing that really got to me too. It's just like worrying about whether or not like the songs were gonna sell and stuff, and like having to deal with the business end of music, which is just like not. It just made everything really kind of not that much fun, especially right now because like the thing that I like to do in music is I like to go and and um, play the songs for people. I think that that's what really makes the things enjoyable. And right now it's just sort of like all just like dealing with people that are not my fans, and it's made it, which is fine. I like doing that, but I also you know, I'm doing this as like a means to an end so that I can get out on the road. And right now there is no end. It's just the means. And it's like not fun anymore. I wonder if there's the, the line drawn because the way you've talked about this record, even you did say it was a darker record. I, I think at one point, maybe due to being so alone on the road, if that's the case, it's sort of an interesting that this is how we are at the moment as well, almost like a continuation. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it could be. Some of the songs are, I don't know. I don't know. I've, I've, like I said, I totally lost perspective. I have, I have no <laughs> idea. But it could be. I'm just ready to, like, I'm ready for the songs to come out. And, and I have some other songs that I've been working on, too, that I actually wanted to tack on to this album, but I wasn't able to because of coronavirus. So I'm hoping that, like, the restrictions free up enough in California to where, like, I can get back into the studio soon and, like, finish up some of those songs so I can put them out as sort of, like, a part two to the album. Does uh, with six feet apart, is it or is that part of what you're talking about, or did that one just arrive because of the pandemic? It just came 
because of the pandemic, I thought it'd be like, you know, fun to write a song about it. And it was sort of, and it was nice to like get that out. So that was cool. It, with a song like that, that's, that's written in such real time, you know, a, a comment on something that's happening right now. Do you find that you write a song like that differently? Does it come around differently than you would something else like, you know, that you've been able to sit on for a little while? Yeah, I've never really done anything like that before. So it just kind of came out. Um, I've never written a song like while I'm in the in the moment. So, yeah, it was interesting. I've never written a song like that over FaceTime. I've never, like, recorded a song on my iPhone. It was the first time I ever did that. So it was really fun to do. But I know a lot of people are like, oh, you know, it's so amazing, like, that we have like technology that we can do all this stuff with like we've advanced so much and i agree that we definitely have but if i see another person doing another live performance via like instagram live i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna have to go over there and turn their phone off personally because it's just, <laughs> it's like not technology isn't that good you know right. <laughs> i don't think i could take another one of those but it was fun to make this song, but I don't think I'd want to make another song like that. I'd rather go to the studio. I also wonder, you've, um, you're bilingual, right? I mean, you, you speak some Chinese. Do you ever, yeah, I do. Do you ever think about writing, working that into the music as well? Um, there was this, there was this guy I knew named Peter Sue, who's, uh, he also speaks Mandarin and he, he helped like translate one of my songs into Chinese. Um, and so I started using Weibo, which is like a Chinese social media platform and I sang it on there. But, uh, I'm not like, I don't have like an intricate enough knowledge of the Chinese language like that a native speaker would in order to like it's it's like one thing to like you know order a dinner in Chinese and it's like another to write a poem in Chinese and the level of sophistication is like there's like you know several orders of magnitude higher than it's to just like order dinner so I'm like I can speak enough to like impress like the average native speaker but not enough to be poetic in the language I mean and it's it's almost like an entirely different I would imagine it's entirely different flow too like similarly i speak just enough italian where i could help the police out with a a lineup of who stole the old lady's purse and that's about it okay (laughs) right yeah well i mean that's pretty impressive (laughs) i guess i mean that's pretty good it's pretty specific is is what it is (laughs) where did you learn how to speak italian i ripped a pirated copy of rosetta stone like a decade ago and oh, taught nice. myself some of that. But I, but when I ripped it, I ripped every single language that they had. So I could have learned to speak Swahili or Mandarin or anything. And I went Italian instead. So, you know, you should learn how to speak Swahili. That would be tight. You could go to uh, Kenya. I would love to go to Kenya. <laughs> I would love to go to, I would love to go anywhere right now. It's honestly, it, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't even matter. Swahili is a cool language. Yeah. I know how to say hello in Swahili. It's Jamba. I don't. Yeah, that's. You're ahead of me. You're already. Ahead of me. You're talking about going stir crazy, and obviously touring can't happen right now. And, and maybe this goes back to what you were talking about with not wanting to do something like six feet apart again. Uh, but co-writing can happen, and collaborations can happen. You know, are are you able to do any more of that stuff? Have you, or or is that kind of what you were already getting at right there? Yeah, I mean, I have been able to do some while I've been in in lockdown, but. Not as many as I would like to, and, and I'm not enjoying it as much as I thought I was going to. I, I, I liked it at first. It was nice, but I've been trying to take some time off of staring at my phone. And um, in order to write with the people during quarantine, you kind of have to use FaceTime a lot. So I took a little break from it. Like thinking of, um, you know, when Ben Gibbard was doing the postal service and, and it was sort of like that at the time. Of course, it was by choice and not by force, you know, and I'm sure it's right. a much different thing. when you, that's That's your only option. Well, it's nice to have the app. I'm not complaining about that. I just miss the world. 
Well, I totally understand. But in the meantime, and I do think this is important to say, the music that you have made is fantastic. Uh, and this record with these two windows, you know, when it comes out, I, I know you're going to feel the love on this. I, I know you already are because, you know, so. those singles out there, you know, they're showing it. People love this. Oh, thanks. Problem. Thank you. And Alec, it was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for doing this record and continuing to do what you do. I, I hope the stir crazy doesn't completely break you in two, uh, and at some point uh, we can catch you out on the road. That'd be great. Thanks so much. Thanks for thanks for uh, for everything. I hope you have a nice day. All right, you too, man. Take care. All right, bye bye. My thanks to Alec Benjamin. The new record is called These Two Windows. Thanks to Alec. Thanks to you for listening to this interview. Before you get out of here, if you're not already, of course, you can hit subscribe. You hit subscribe, we bring the new interviews to you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. It's a lot of bang for your buck, especially because the buck itself is free. So uh, head over to iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, anywhere you like to get podcasts from. Hit that subscribe button. And then after that, head to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's an hour full of song premieres and music news and anniversary spins and bonus interviews. WFPK.org, again, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern. Consequence of Sound has your music and film news. You can also like and follow along on the social media spots. You can find me at Kyle Meredith on almost all of them. And that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, I'm Jen, and I love horror movies. I'm Mikey. I'm dead inside, and I also love horror movies. And we really like to torture our friend Todd, because he hates horror movies. That I do. And that's why they call me the horror virgin. <laughs> that's the only reason we call him that. I'm not, no other reasons at all. Whatever. So every, <laughs> every week, we take him through the encyclopedia of horror, the good, the bad, the ridiculously Jack Frosts. <laughs> and then we make fun of it, more or less. Or explain its deceptive feminism. Oh. Yeah, exactly. That's what I do. That's my thing. <laughs> and I'm the funny one. <laughs> Our episodes drop on Monday, so check us out. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.